Pennant races are heating up, and so is the race for most valuable player. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, as my lower third tells you right there, you can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years now. And this is my fifth full season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and or whatever it's called now on Instagram. I'm your pal, Simon Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe and tell your friends. Uh, and swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks. With our sponsor, Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWN. You get $100 match in your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. On today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit with Millard Fillmore in segments two and three. You saw segment one on yesterday's show, which turned into a Mariner's Center uh, episode with Ty Day Gonzalez. We'll listen to the rest of my conversation with Miller. We do talk about the surging Diamondbacks who uh, had a wild weekend and have inserted themselves cleanly back into the playoff picture. Um, however, tonight's game, I'm recording this late on Monday, uh, the D-backs were brought back down to earth by the LA Dodgers. Back-to-back homers in that one there. Uh, the the D-backs were actually up four to three at one point, but the Dodgers came storming back to win that game. Hey, uh, before we get too deep into the events of what happened on Monday night, let's check out our trivia question, which I said that the Mariners have won two postseason series with a walk-off win and a future Hall of Famer scoring the winning run. We knew about Ken Griffey Jr. scoring on Edgar Martinez's double in 1995. A couple of people got it right, including uh, Podunk Party. I'm thinking I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, who said, M's fan knew it. The Carlos Guillen walk-off drag bunt. And it was Ricky Henderson. That's right. Uh, the Mariners completed the sweep of the Chicago White Sox in the 2000 Division Series. And Carlos Guillen dropped down a sack bunt. And Ricky Henderson, who previously was in the postseason in 1999 with the Mets and 2000 was in the postseason with the Seattle Mariners. We forget the fact that Ricky bounced around a bunch of different teams and played the playoffs with a bunch of different teams, including the Blue Jays and the Mariners and the Mets. There's one of the weird team in there as well. Oh, the Padres. That's right. He played with the Padres in 1996. So there you go. You got that one right. Um, just going around the league a little bit. Hey, uh, some people feel that I have been disrespectful to the Baltimore Orioles, and I haven't been mentioning them uh, as much as I could be. I am going to do a show later this week where I'm praising the Orioles, but I also am very concerned about their future, especially because they have a Fredo-like owner right now. But today, 
Uh, you know, I criticized their pitching a little bit recently, but there's no criticizing today's matchup with the Chicago White Sox, where they won nine nothing, nine nothing. Santander hit another home run, and their pitching was fantastic. And as I pointed out before, when you forfeit a game, it officially comes down as a nine nothing score. That's what it is. So the Orioles won in a manner that the White Sox just might as well have just stayed in the hotel room. No reason to come in. No reason to come in. I'm put, I'm going to be putting some pictures, by the way, in the background here. And apparently I need to fix that one because it looks a little crooked on the screen there. Uh, that's my rule of seven picture because that's the 1979 baseball preview when I was seven. It's the first year I really remember baseball. I'm going to put some stuff up behind me that are uh, – uh, represents some elements of uh, my baseball fandom. Uh, but, you know, good for the Orioles. They're still in first place, marching towards a uh, potential division title. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, I believe, were idle today. So with that win, yes, with that win, the Orioles have added a game, uh, a half game to their lead. Uh, not a lot of reason to talk about the Yankees as they're falling out of contention, but hey, good for Luis Severino for having his second consecutive solid game. Uh, the Yankees wound up winning four to one. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are continuing to just destroy the Angels' hopes of anything. Um, Bryce Harper got a two run home run. The Phillies are a playoff team right now, and remember, they won the pennant last year. And they have some good pitching. Aaron Nola pitched a wonderful game the other day. Uh, they're still scary. I still think it's going to be Atlanta or LA in that uh, in the NLCS. But you know the Phillies uh, give them give them the respect, give them their due, and of course give the Braves their due as well. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, NL MVPs. Uh, we saw what Mookie Betts did over the weekend in Boston, and remember the Red Sox traded away a franchise MVP World Series champion so a billionaire can save a couple of bucks. Um, and he's inserting his name into the MVP race. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is also has been the front runner for most of the year, along with Freddie Freeman. Uh, Acuna had a wonderful day today. He got on base five times, four hits. Uh, he got a home run, which is his 29th. And he stole two bases, so he now has 61 stolen bases. His, and his slash line right now is th uh, 325 average, and his OPS is 990. Uh, he's pretty good. Also pretty good is Jose Altuve, uh, with no clear-cut runaway favorite in the American League. The defending World Series champion Astros have as good a shot as anybody to win the pennant. And it helps. When, I mean, the Red Sox took an early lead against the Astros. I got cocky. And Altuve decided to hit for the cycle, which is exactly what he did. And um, Urquidy got the save. Was, I love when they're blowout saves that he pitched. Uh, I think he did the whole, I think it was the whole, yeah, he pitched a four-inning save. I love multiple-inning saves like that. Uh, and he probably could have gotten the win, but they gave the win to Graveman and the save to Urquidy. And Jose Altuve hit for the cycle final. There was 13 to 5. Astros blew the doors off the dump in Fenway Park. Um, the and the Rangers and Astros they held serve. The Rangers were losing, uh, uh, 
in the ninth inning in the game against the New York Mets. And then it was Nathaniel Lowe. Is it Lowe or Lowe? Someone we need a consensus. But all I know is that he got a two-run single, and suddenly the Rangers got the lead. And next thing you know, the Mets wound up losing another game in the game where Max Scherzer returned to the Mets and his storied career with the Mets. Um, by the way, uh, I hope if you're doing your sleeper app, you're putting in Royce Lewis of the Twins. In his second straight game, he hit a grand slam. Uh, this one helped the Twins beat the Guardians and move ever closer to a division title. Um, by the way, break up the Brewers. You know, I talk a lot about how, well, maybe the Phillies could do it. Maybe the uh, Braves and Dodgers are the front runners. But you want the Milwaukee Brewers right now are on a nine-game winning streak. Nine straight games. And they are pretty much icing the National League Central right now, and we'll have good pitching. And in today's game, their ninth win in a row was a 6-2 victory over the Chicago Cubs, which, of course, pads their lead in there a little bit. And one of the big heroes there, uh, you know, uh, Christian Yelich, having him back being a solid player, he got his 17th home run of the year to lead off the game. Uh, Mark Canna also had a home run. He was, Remember, he was picked up from the Mets. I mentioned the Braves. And Acuna blew out the Rockies uh, 14 to 4. The Giants are trying to stay in that uh, wild card race. And uh, Patrick Bailey got a big double, and the Giants beat the Reds, who were also struggling to get into the wild card race again. And the Seattle Mariners, who we talked a lot about on yesterday's show, um, Wu pitched well. Uh, Julio Rodriguez got yet another home, you know, another big night he got four hits uh would be he would have owned baseball if not for jose altuve's big night against boston and the mariners blanked the oakland a seven nothing so they remain in first place by themselves so that's a, taking a look at the night on monday uh when we come back from this break millard from locked on diamondbacks is going to be here we're going to be talking about some of the nl wild card race going on and breaking down our thoughts on the National League MVP, which for a while looked like it was an all-but-foregone conclusion that it belonged to Ronald Acuna Jr., but now two Dodgers, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, are making the process of figuring this out a little more difficult. Now, let me tell you guys about this app that I use today. I guess at the time you guys listening to this podcast yesterday, because I just drafted my dynasty fantasy team on this app. It's called the sleeper app and no app is greater for both the fantasy season and daily fantasy because for dynasty football, it's great. I could do my draft on there. Got the rookie draft. It keeps the taxi squad players. It keeps my players from year to year archived on the app. It's absolutely fantastic. And then also for daily fantasy, you can win money on the sleeper app yes you can you just gotta pick a player like Corbin Carroll and Shohei Otani to hit a home run you pick a few stat categories and then bang boom if those 
picks hit, you can win up to 100 times payout. Yes, you can. Big money on the sleep wrap. So please, please, please use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Um, let me just, uh, bring up a fact. Uh, I'm not quite sure how a lot of the schedule is going, uh, and how it's unfolding, but, uh, I think there's a, there's a glitch in the schedule because apparently the Reds and the Diamondbacks are going to play each other every day for the rest of the season. Has it not seemed like that this, this series between these two teams has been going on for the last month and a half. It's been, uh, it's, it's been a wild, wild series and, and a great series. Mm-hmm. Like the Thursday game was the one where a base running blunder by Cattell Marte looked like it was going to cost the Diamondbacks the game when he didn't score on that Peterson hit. But then mm-hmm. Carroll wound up hitting the home run to give them the lead. Then another wild slugfest happened on Friday where it looked like the D-backs had it in hand until the Reds hit it ninth inning grand slam to make everyone sweat a little bit. Yeah. D-backs won that one up 2-0 in the series. And then uh, yesterday in another thriller where the each team scored the, – the, the, the Reds scored two in the ninth. Each team had a three-run rally, and the Reds wound up holding on in the 11th. And then today uh, in a game that went final not too long ago, uh, the Reds took a 2-1 lead into the eighth. And um, who I'm who getting to was the was it Alec Thomas who got the game winning hit on today? I know Thomas wow. made an amazing catch on one of the games against the Reds, but like, but in, in the end, it was five two Diamondbacks over the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, was it that long ago that the Diamondbacks run were absolutely spiraling and sputtering and everything? And now here they are; they are the third wild card team. And they've won eight of their last 10 games. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy because the D-backs were one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball from about mid-June to mid-August. It was a two-month mm-hmm. span where the D-backs had uh, probably the worst record in Major Leagues during that time. And if you look at the D-backs during this 10-game stretch like you just mentioned, they beat the Texas Rangers. They just took three out of four against the Cincinnati Reds. And what they're doing, because this is something that they were so good in the first half, they're making comebacks late in these games. The D-backs were called the answer backs for so long of the season because the D-backs were the best team in Major League Baseball in terms of coming back after the fifth inning or whatever. When this D-backs team was down early, they always came back late for a victory. And that's not something we really, really saw during that two-month stretch where they just kind of hit this slump of the season. Their bullpen was bad. Their rotation was bad. Their offense was struggling. But now their offense is starting to heat up again. Their rotation against the Cincinnati Reds team was really good. Merrill Kelly was nasty. Fott was good. We saw Slade today be really good. The issue is still for the D-backs is that bullpen. Paul Seawald has been really good for the Mariners. Uh, I mean, for the good. Has been really good for the D-backs from the Mariners. He seems to really solidify that closer role. But outside of him and Kevin Ginkle and Kyle Nelson, you basically have three guys that you trust in the bullpen. Then everyone else is a wild card. So you kind of need your rotation members to go six, seven innings deep to really limit the amount of relievers you use in a ball game. But the D-backs are at least finally back on track. They need to win this series against the Cincinnati Reds, who own the tiebreaker over the D-backs. And you look at the D-backs schedule coming up, you're going to face the Cubs two more times the rest of the way. The D-backs have a very tough schedule. Talking with um, Bryce Patrick of Lockdown Rangers last week, the D-backs kind 
kind of decide the fate of the AL West because they just played the Rangers recently. Their last series uh, on the year is against the Houston Astros. So the D-backs and the AL West are kind of tied for the rest of the season. And it's just nice to finally see the D-backs get back to winning because at one point they were like three and a half games back out of the wildcard race. I'm just finally happy to see them back in the mix and starting to win games again. And I also think they're because of all the teams that are equipped for a the the best of three wild card series, there's few that's better equipped than Arizona is. Mm-hmm. Because you can throw Galen and you can throw Kelly one two. You know you're gonna win one of those two games. You know, knock on glass should, for yeah. the for the Diamondbacks. <laughs> um I when you take a look at you know, just I mean, I know you're the you don't try to make matchups. You don't try to say, Oh, I hope we get this team instead of that. But as of right now, Diamondbacks would play Milwaukee. That's yeah. an interesting series because both of them have good starting pitching right at the top. You'd probably have Galen versus uh um Burns. Corbin Burns yeah. in game one. I mean, that's that's as good a matchup as you're gonna see in game one of a playoff series. Um, I think that'd be an interesting series, I think, because both of their strengths kind of match each other. Uh, but I would lean a little more. That I mean, that's definitely a series that Arizona could win. But Arizona could win against Philadelphia. Arizona yeah. could win against Chicago. And, you know, we've seen that they can win against Cincinnati. And the other teams that are kind of on right now on the outside looking in are San Francisco and Miami. As of now, granted, it's a best of three series. And anything can happen in the best of three series. We saw the freaking A's swept the Rays earlier this year. But with that in mind, when you have two good pitchers coming out of the gate, um, it's going to, you know, look at it, it's whoever, it, it'd be a stunner if it's not Atlanta or Los Angeles coming out of the NL going into the World Series. But in order to get to that point, getting through that first series, I think Arizona is in great shape, especially the way they've been playing. Yeah, because I think the D-backs can match up with any team that they could face in the wild card round. The Phillies, I mean, Aaron Nola hasn't been that great this year. You got to worry about Zach Wheeler. Maybe yeah, Wheel, Wheeler's good. Wheeler's very good. Yeah, and, yeah. Wheeler's good. But the D-backs front line can match up with that front line. Of course, Bryce Harper's a postseason hero, but it's not like that lineup has been crushing it all year. Schwarber's, you know, he's in home runs, but he's batting like 180. Trey Turner's has had a down season as well. You got the Marlins out there, great rotation, but you're not scared of that offense. No. You look at the Cincinnati Reds, you feel like they're pretty young. You're not really they're, – they're a little too raw. You're not scared of that rotation either. The Cubs, I think, are interesting, but Strowman's kind of hurt. Do you really trust the Justin Seal in the big series? You know, Bellinger's going to have to kind of carry that offense. So I think the D-backs could be any wild-card matchup. I think it's really – when you look past the wild-card round to that divisional round, that's when it's like, okay, now a big test is coming. Of course, the D-backs could lose in the wild-card round. But to beat a Dodgers or Braves in the series, I think that really means something. That would really cement that the D-backs are here and they would really be in play for a potential World Series run. I mean, I'll just say if anyone other than Atlanta or Los Angeles comes out of the National League, I'll be stunned. Especially the I mean, way I, they've been I, especially would you they've be been surprised if, if those two teams are not like the two just teams in the uh, NLCS? I mean, I'll have to see how the bracket, uh, the bracket shakes up. But well, yeah, are, but I'd would, be kind of surprised if they're not, you know, the two teams in the championship series. What, what? Yeah, I think they're going to be – I think the Braves – well, right now, the Braves and the Dodgers are just – they're like 11 games ahead of Milwaukee. Yeah. So they, the, the only way they could play each other is in the NLCS. And, um, and they're both on pace to win like a hundred games and be the best team. I mean, last year they were the two best teams as well, along with the Mets. 
and the Mets lost in the the wild card series, and then we saw that Philly upset the uh, Philly upset the Braves, and the Goose showed up, and the Padres upset Los Angeles. I thought those. I think that's a little bit of a fluke that that both happened. I mean, I think that we've seen how the Dodgers are playing, and we're talking a little bit in the third segment about the fact that the NL MVP race is really getting interesting with some big players from Atlanta and from LA. Uh, and I think it's safe to say that the NL MVP is going to come from one of those two teams, but you know, look at for the deep, for all the wild card teams, they all have talent right now. The wild card teams, the wild card series team would be Milwaukee as a division winner, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Arizona and Cincinnati, San Francisco, and Miami are on the outside looking in uh, the, the absolute nosedive of the, Padres show that any hope that they might have had of entering back in this race is gone. They're about to be leapfrogged by the Nationals and yeah. the Mets, two teams that traded away. So, um, you well, know, that's what, just fun what, overall, just because looking at the standings today and seeing that the Nationals are tied with the Padres, I'm like, that's the team that, you know, blew up, you know, trading away their superstar to the Padres <laughs> and got back all these pieces. And now they're in the same position still a year later. And, and good for the Nationals for re-upping Rizzo, their general manager, and Dave Martinez. Instead of mm-hmm. just saying, well, we stink and let's just clean house. They said, wait a minute. This is the general manager who built the team that went, won a ton of divisions in the 2010s and wound up winning the World Series in 2019. And they went through a whole bunch of managers. Remember, they had, they had Mar- Dave Martinez, they had Matt Williams, they had Dusty. Mm-hmm. But they won with Dave Martinez. And they said, hey, look at Dave, you, you know, we traded everything that wasn't nailed down last year or two years ago. And now there's the team bears very little resemblance to the team that won the World Series in 2019. And yet they've been playing very good baseball, and there's a ton of young talent on that team. And they're saying, hey, we trust you to be the one to manage this good young talent. So I I, I like the fact that the Nationals said, all right, we're, we're, here will be our shepherd. And there's, uh, there's, they're showing some faith in the team. And I bet the Nats are going to be better. I mean, look at they've been playing excellent baseball. That I don't think they're going to hit 500, but I thought they were going to be a 100-loss team. And they're probably not even going to lose 90. Yeah, and so also, that, that's, a good, that's know, a good step for them. I don't know if you can answer this, but do you know if a player retires, does that money come off the books? Because, I mean, with Steven Strasburg now retiring from Major League Baseball, I mean, that's $35 million a year that's going to be coming off the books. For the I wonder how much, because he's also been injured, how much of that they can mm-hmm. recoup in insurance as well. Um, I don't know the answer to that, and I won't by the end of today, because when you and I are done recording with this, I'm going to lay down, and I won't be looking up the intricacies of finance regarding it. And this sounds like we're entering into a plug for Dave. Right. All right. We're talking stars in baseball. The MVP in the National League, I think, is going to come from the whoever. It's going to come from the two top teams. Mm-hmm. You know, like, look, we've had some other very fine players play for some other teams. Arise for a while looked like he was uh, a candidate when he was with the Marlins. I think he's come back to earth a little bit, although he's had an absolutely fantastic season for the Miami Marlins. But right now, uh, I think uh, and I think for a, for a while, the consensus was it's probably going to be Ronald Acuna Jr. of Atlanta. 
And then his mm -hmm. former teammate and possible nemesis, Freddie Freeman, said, hold my beer. And he's putting up fantastic numbers. And then now, I believe, also coming up the other side, especially after his wonderful series he had back home, and I say back home, in Boston, suddenly Mookie Betts, I think, has to, whether he's the winner or not, has to at least be getting some consideration for National League uh, Most Valuable Player. Uh, did I say Rookie of the Year earlier? I meant to say Most Valuable Player. Maybe I didn't say. Either way, um, you know, he might be uh, – Mookie Betts may have ideas of mm. becoming the the second person to win the MVP in both leagues, the first being Frank Robinson. And when you consider the fact he leads the league in OPS, he leads the league in OPS+, plus, he leads the league in slugging, he's – I don't know if we're allowed to talk about RBIs, but he already has 90-some out of them. I like uh, it. He, you know, he's 30-some on home runs. Oh, and I, oh, yeah, by the way, has been playing the outfield and the infield uh, and is still a gold-glove uh, caliber player in the outfield and has done pretty well as an infielder, you know, all things considered. Um, you have to start to include him in the conversation. Uh, not just include him. I'm actually looking at FanDuel right now, Sully Baseball, and FanDuel has actually moved him into the favorite for the NL MVP at minus 140, where Acuna is second at plus 125, and then Freddie Freeman third at plus 850. So if the polls ended today, Mookie Betts would actually be the betting favorite, according to FanDuel, which is maybe kind of crazy because I don't know if Acuna's done anything to lose his number one spot. I think Mookie Betts has heated up. That Dodgers team has heated up, but I don't know if Acuna and the Braves has done anything to lose that number one position. I mean, he still has 59 stolen bases, still leads in OBP and run scored, but it's going to be a tight race. Do you ever think that maybe because Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are on the same team, like maybe they cancel each other out? I don't know how we feel. They about shouldn't. That. I, I, I don't think. I don't think they should. I don't think that should come into consideration. I mean, the interesting thing is, is like Acuna has the best on base percentage. Mm -hmm. Betts has the best slugging percentage. Um, they both have. The what? Freeman has the best batting average. Yeah. Um, you know, they both have a ton of. They both have a ton of home runs. Acuna hasn't driven as many because of his position in the batting order. Um, but, you know, he's also, you know, he's stolen 59 bases. He's been caught 11 times too, but if you steal the 59 mm -hmm. bases, think about the number of times that means a single or a double is that essentially it becomes a single or a walk essentially becomes a double mm -hmm. with him there. Um, you know, again, uh, you know, makes all the big plays. Um you know, and as and you look at what those three players mean to their team. You know, the the nice thing about these three MVP candidates, Acuna, and I think I think it's pretty safe to see that's going to be your top three, barring injury or a massive slump. Your top three are going to be Acuna, Freeman, and Betts. The nice thing is, is they tick all the boxes. Whether you're an advanced metrics type or an old school type. You know, whatever whatever metric you like, or whatever way you like to look at the most valuable player, uh, they they tick all the boxes. They get all the advanced stats on their side. Um, the the offensive stats of Freeman have been, you know, wow. I mean, he just talk about someone who has been living up to that contract, and this is second year in Los Angeles. Um, and you know, for both Betts and Acuna. 
And to a degree, Freeman, this is also a, this is, again, this has nothing to do with the MVP voting because that's a regular season award. But you look at what this is kind of a legacy year for the mm-hmm. Braves and for the Dodgers. They've both won a World Series this decade. They both know that adding another World Series to the ledger would mean so much to the, the franchise and also mean a lot to each one of them. Uh, Betts was part of the championship that won in 2020, but that was the weird COVID championship, and that felt a little strange. Uh, Freddie Freeman was a key part of the Braves winning the World Series. He caught the final out. Uh, of the World Series, but then they immediately let him go, and there's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder of, wait a minute, why aren't I the first baseman of the Braves forever? And he to sort be. of show that, which he should have been. No offense, mm-hmm. Matt Olson's been a great, great player. Yeah. And then Acuna, remember, he got a ring for being part of the 2021 team, but he was hurt. Yeah. He didn't get to play in that World Series. You know, uh, Eddie Rosario took his place. So the idea of you know, the idea of each one of these guys has something to prove, I think, makes this a, uh, I don't know, just makes it a really, really fun potential when you look at which one is the most valuable player, which one has the best, you know, the best record for this year. I think it's really intriguing for all three of them. Yeah, and Matt Olsen could really... You know, if he wants to get into second or third in this race, he could too, because he could potentially hit, if he wants to go on another heater, hit like 52 bombs to end the season. But I think the craziest stat among the top three guys we just discussed, we look at Freddie Freeman's stats, he has 17 stolen bases. No one considers Freddie a burner. He's 33 years old, about to be 34. He's 6'5", 220. He's a big guy. He's almost double the amount of steals as a Mookie Betts. I just think that's incredible that Freddie Freeman at his age is moving that well. Well, it also may be a situation that it's less about his speed and more about, you know, there are always guys who stole a ton of bases that weren't necessarily track stars, but they just yeah. knew they knew how to read the pitcher. They knew when to run. They knew that to do it strategically. Um, but, you know, as of right now, I, and, you know, maybe this is biased because I've been saying this for so long for this year. I'm leaning towards Acuna, um, but you can convince me Freeman. You can convince me Betts. Yeah, I'm probably going Acuna as well. But Mookie Betts, I mean, the way he's heated up in this, you know, post-All-Star break, I mean, and he's also got the podcast. Like, Mookie Betts is a personality and a brand onto himself. He was ingratiated back in Boston this past week. Yeah. I mean, I don't think – I think probably Mookie Betts outside of, like, a Shohei Otani probably has, like, probably has, like, the highest Q score among, like, fans in Major League Baseball. Like, I don't know anybody who's like, oh, I don't like Mookie Betts. I hate the way he plays. I hate the way he trash talks. Like, I think every Major League Baseball fan is just a fan of Mookie Betts. I still hate that he's not on the Red Sox, but I digress. <laughs> there's no, whenever I see him back in Boston, there's there's always a feeling inside me. It's like, I cannot believe this man is not a lifer with the Red Sox. And it, it feels like the, the, the same day as the day he got traded. Like, that feeling has never gone away every time I see him in a Dodge no. uniform back in Boston. No, no. And, you know, Boston's doing, the Red Sox are doing okay. You know, they're going to have a winning record. They're on the fringe. But I'm like, this guy should be 50, should be retired. He should be he should be looking at breaking all the, you know, the 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 records on the team. But, you know, you know, what are you going to do? Connor Wong, best player from Bet Steel. Probably. Man, He's the only guy left, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> Verdugo, well, no, yeah. Verdugo. Verdugo, <laughs> yeah. okay. Verdugo, Verdugo was in there. Verdugo was there. Yeah. But yeah, Dieter, Jeter Downs was not the uh, yeah, star. Really but, well, look, we're going to find out coming down the stretch, coming down the stretch. 
All right, uh, so we got a we got a big week of baseball coming up here. Some big big matchups coming around. Uh, who are the Diamondbacks playing uh, this upcoming week? Oh, I believe they play the Los Doyers next, actually. But they uh, set up their pitching, so it's going to be Gallon Kelly and then Fott. Hopefully, they're one two three against the Dodgers. All right, and we're going to see what happens with this Wild West uh, as the Mariners are going to o- are going to be playing the Oakland A's, which is going to be you know. <laughs> Who knows? The, the A's, every once, A's every once in a while will surprise you. Uh, the Rangers are going to be playing the Mets, uh, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting. And then, of course, the Astros and the Red Sox are playing. And it's Chris Sale Day for you Red Sox fans. So, anyway, so uh, thanks for listening to the show. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm Paul Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Miller, where can people follow your show? Yeah, I create Thomas24 for the personal account. Look up Lockdown Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, streaming on all podcasting platforms. And please hit subscribe on the Lockdown Dimebacks YouTube channel. All right. On behalf of Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks, I am Paul Francis Sullivan of Lockdown MLB. Please call me Sully and let's fist pump for another week. <laughs>